Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's going on with Alfa Romeo? What are they doing? It looked so good last year. Let's find out what's going on. Alfa Romeo may be leaving Formula One. And then coming back again to form a partnership with the now Alfa Romeo MoneyGram Haas F1 team. What's going on with these team names, seriously? Salba, a classic amongst F1 aficionados, is returning to the grid. But that's kind of a lie, because, well, they never left. They've been around Salba since 1993. They are one of the oldest teams on the grid, and sometimes they slip under the radar, but... They are very underrated in a way, even though their results do kind of peak and trough quite frequently. Check out the car. There's always a little S on it for Salba. Boom. But from 2024, it'll be back to just being Salba. No other names before Audi takes over. But so far, it's not looking very exciting. And many people are actually questioning whether Audi actually chose the right team or not. But the chaos right now in its organization could yield prosperity in the future. Do hear me out, okay? And maybe like the video? Thanks. The C43, despite looking absolutely gorgeous, is one of the most underwhelming cars on the grid right now, often battling with AlphaTauri throughout the entire weekend, or starting fairly decently in qualifying and then completely just disappearing off of the grid, and many times throughout the season I've just gone, what, Bottas? What? Oh, are you actually finished? I thought, I thought you retired. Oh, no, sorry. No, okay. No, no, you actually competed. I, I get those two mixed up sometimes with them. Tell Haas remembers it hates tyres and ends up last. But then Austin may come around and things could easily change. Or they won't. And then all of their bluster will have been for nothing, but we don't know yet. Its development has been minimal or ineffective in comparison to other teams, and despite the arrival of Andreas Seidel in the role of CEO, and now James Key in terms of developing the car after they dropped Jam Monchot earlier this year, Things don't really seem like they've suddenly gone into overdrive and Salva or Alfa Romeo or whatever you want to call them has suddenly turned a corner and realised their potential. And of course, James Key has only just started after his gardening leave from McLaren ended. But you just feel like nothing's happening right now. What is happening to this team, which has always known how to adapt? They've always been able to do something. But then again, we have seen Salva at the bottom of the pecking order before, so... 
This is just another one of those troughs I talked about earlier. But sometimes they do good. Remember, they do have a win with Robert Kubica from 2007 when they had BMW backing. So they do know how to win and they do know how to do well. They have actually scored quite a few podiums without many people realising. Throughout my time watching Formula One, I've always liked Sauber. And whenever they got on the podium, it was always a triumph. Like whenever Johnny Herbert got a P3 for Sauber, when it looked like they really shouldn't be scoring that. Or when Nick Heidfeld would get a podium, it was like, oh, good for you guys. You always wanted to back them. They were always the best underdog on the grid. But in recent times, I felt really, really blech about the team. Don't get me wrong. I am very happy that Valtteri Bottas has managed to escape the Mercedes rat race in being the wingman. But at Alfa Romeo, I don't really feel like he's putting his all into it. He's very chill right now, and it's very good for his mindset. But in a way, he's so chill right now, he's practically horizontal. And I know that Formula One drivers are practically horizontal when they drive, but this is over-egging the pudding or you know, over-stirring the espresso. The Swiss publication Blick, by the way, Sauber is Swiss, so it's sort of like the Italian publications dogging on Ferrari all the time, conducted a survey amongst its readers, and a whopping 7 out of 10 of them rated the current lineup of Bottas and Joe as not to their liking. They're also trying to be polite as well, so instead of just saying, we don't like them, we hate them, it's just like... It's not to our liking, really. It's like, bleh. The home support for the likes of these two drivers is waning, and probably only going to get worse since these two are contracted for 2024. They can't get rid of Valtteri Bottas because he does bring some really important experience from Mercedes. And... He's also very expensive to sever ties with. You saw what happened with Daniel Ricciardo and McLaren and Kimi Raikkonen at Ferrari in 2010. They, they got paid so much just to go away. I'm pretty sure that Bottas will be just as expensive as Ricciardo to just tell to go and, I don't know, ride a bike or make some gin or something. And I don't think that the Sauber team has the cash to be able to pay Valtteri off, nor does Audi really want to stump up the actual cash themselves because they would rather invest it into the team. And as for Joe, I mean, he's fine. He's, he's not bad. He's just, he's just there. And I suppose really in a time of flux, you just need drivers that don't rock the boat and don't crash the car. I think the repair bill for Alpha cars has been relatively low when you compare it to some other teams. Then that same publication goes on to say that reportedly, Felipe Drogovic was actually lined up to partner Bottas for 2024 as he has been lined up for many other teams. I do feel like Felipe will eventually drive for Aston Martin, especially since, as I've predicted for so, so long, if they decided to get the Valkyrie Aston Martin into proper production and into the World Endurance Championship, they will have a very convenient and very dignified way of getting Lance Stroll out of the sport and just say, oh, Lance, he's taken the decision very boldly, very valiantly to lead up the World Endurance Championship for the 2025 season and make sure Aston Martin is off to an even keel, having had vast experience in one of the top sports in single-seater categories. So, you know, they'll spin it that way instead of just thinking, we need the other drivers. <laughs> then the team wanted Nico Hulkenberg, supposedly, back amongst their ranks. Wait, Hulk actually drove for them? Yeah, he did. Not for very long, though, but he did. 2013, actually. And they very sorely miss him, since without him, Sauber wouldn't have scored 57 points that year. They would have scored six. Sorry, Esteban, them's a fact, really. No, no not, not Ocon, I'm talking about Gutierrez, who apparently no longer has a super license because Mercedes overlooked the fact that, oh, he's not been racing and, uh, oh, 
Oops. So Toto dropped the ball there. So now Esteban Gutierrez is just the disciple of Mercedes that will never race again. He's now become an ambassador. I still can't believe that happened. Sauber ideally wanted the Hulk to come from Haas and back to Hinville to partner up with Valtteri, pushing Joe to the curb after two years and some okay results. But you want to know why Hulk didn't go? Well, it's all got to do with the shouty doorman. He blocked the deal reportedly calling up on the 1 plus 1 option in Hulk contract with Haas so he drives for them in 2024. Maybe we might see Hulkenberg partner up with somebody else in 2025? But wait, I hear you say. What about Teo Porcher, Sauber Academy's own driver, their prospect for Formula One? <laughs> oh dear. Oh, the Sauber Academy right now is looking like a joke. I mean, the Williams Driver Academy is better. Yes, I know Teo is only 20 years old. He's still got time, but... Time is running out. He was close though, but he has told French publications that he was overlooked due to certain reasons. I think you might know what those reasons could be. Sure, he's now become a reserve driver and he's got monetary backing from the team finally for his F2 campaign, having previously thought about not taking part in motorsport anymore because he was running out of money. But this guy deserves a chance at the top table, right? He's at the top of the F2 standings right now and he's looking likely to sew it all up. Providing he doesn't mess it up at Abu Dhabi, of course. It can happen, though. If he does do that and win the championship, he can't race in F2 again. At a time when F2 are changing their car to make them more relevant to the F1 car, so prospective F2 champions will have a better understanding about what they're going to get into. So... I don't know, maybe throw the championship so you can have that experience? I, I don't know, I don't know. So, okay, why is this all happening exactly? Why is Sabre in a state of flux at the moment? Well, honestly, as Blick put it, they're sleeping. But they will come back from this, because Sauber has been in the sport for 30 years, and the Sauber Motorsport Company have been around for double that in various other sporting categories. They know how to build stuff on relatively small budgets, and I will not forget the 2010 season. When BMW rug-pulled them and pulled out of Formula 1 before the 2010 season, Sauber had no financial backing. They had absolutely nothing to go on, kind of like what Honda did and we got Braun. We actually saw a Sauber team so strapped for cash, they didn't have enough money for a proper livery. They just had enough to change the blue to dark grey. Despite all of this turmoil, they still came eighth and were not that far behind Williams and Force India. They also put faith in a load of F1 drivers who would go on to be quite memorable. There's of course Kimi Raikkonen, Felipe Massa, Robert Kubica, and even Charles Leclerc. Heck, Michael Schumacher drove for the Sauber Group at one point. He actually drove for them in two seasons of the World Sports Car Championship. He actually raced in Le Mans in 1991 and they came fifth in their category. So that's Pretty big credentials there. They know how to spot talent, but you don't need me to tell you that they have fallen down hard in recent years. The Alfa Romeo investment has helped a little, and for 2022 it looked remarkably promising. Bottas was off to a flyer, and Joe looked competent. But as you know, the development rate dwindled, and thanks to Bottas's earlier heroics in the season, they just about held on to sixth place in the constructors. Aston were tying with them, and it was down to Alfa's slightly better results that made them actually keep their position. But for right now, Sauber are restructuring and they've now got two McLaren bods to help them do it. Andreas Seidel, the CEO, and James Key, their former actual aero guy. And it was a little bit awkward when James Key left McLaren, but he kind of got pulled away from Seidel because I knew this would sort of happen. That Seidel would pull away people that he actually got to know at McLaren. And he now wants to do the same what he did there to what he did at Sauber. And I saw the turnaround at McLaren and it was really convincing. And now they are better than they have been in years. So I've got a lot of faith that this will actually work and Audi will be really pleased with their investment. But Seidel isn't running the F1 team day to day. That's down to Alessandro Aluni Bravi. Did you know his name? Come on, be honest with me. 
I, even I forgot. I had to look it up. It was like what everyone thought about Mike Crack in 22. Who is that guy with the funny name? Now the guy can't stop talking. Mostly about how Lance Stroll is actually better than anyone thinks he is. At the moment, Sauber aren't really investing in the team right now. They are going to make the most of this actually quite big ATR time being either 9th or 10th to then develop into the car of the future and how it's going to go. Getting ready for 2026 or even 2025 when things are starting to ramp up. The team know that their future is quite secure. The cost cap has helped, but now they've got the backing of Audi a very, very massive global car maker, and one with extremely immense commercial clout. Not to mention for the fact that Audi chose Sauber because they've worked with them before in various other sporting categories with their wind tunnels. So they're like, hmm, well, we already work with them, so let's just enhance the relationship. This is going to be a turnkey deal for Audi. They've already got F1 staff at Hinwheel who already know what to do. They've seen the sport evolve over the last 30 years, so why would you get rid of that and bring in brand new people who don't know anything about Formula One and they would have to learn from scratch? It may be an Audi Works team, but it will be led by Sauber Engineering. It's probably going to be a lot cheaper to do as well because you're not rushing into it in one season. Going for 2026, very, very reasonable. So for the time being, I like to think that Alfa Romeo or Sauber are like what McLaren were in 2018. Really kind of lost, not really understanding what they are. Them having blamed Honda for all of their woes when it turned out that their actual car and work ethos were the ones to blame, mostly. But over time, McLaren rediscovered themselves, and this is exactly what Sauber will do. For these next two seasons, them being called Sauber, they will start to understand and transform into a brand new team. And I think it all started with the livery of the C43. That black and cherry red look, that I think was deliberate on Audi's part to slowly ingratiate the Audi Sport livery into Formula One without it looking too jarring. This is a really good idea. So I think all that's happening with Alfa Romeo right now, or what's not happening with them, is quite deliberate. And I feel like everything's actually going to turn out okay. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Thanks for listening to my ladder ramblings. If you liked what you heard, do be sure to leave a five-star rating on your podcasting platform of choice. I really do appreciate it. And until the next time I traverse the ladder, I hope you have a pleasant day. Goodbye.